everybody. Welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is December 4th. Today is the last day of this week's Come Follow Me block, which means we are finishing our very last section of the Doctrine and Covenants today. Now, before you get all sad and think that there is nothing left to study with the Come Follow Me block, next week we are going to be studying the Articles of Faith and the Official Declarations of the Church. So there is still more to learn and more to study, and I look forward to studying that with you. But for now, let's finish up this week's Come Follow Me block. And I wanted to talk just a little bit more about the Savior's title of Redeemer and this idea of redemption. Now, I know I harped on it yesterday, but I've been having this thought today that I just couldn't shake. And so hopefully someone out there needs what I have been thinking about all day today because I'm going to revisit it a little bit today. We know that the plan of salvation has a couple of other names as well. We also call it the plan of happiness, but we also call it the plan of redemption, meaning redemption was and is and has always been a part of God's plan for his children. Something that the plan of salvation is never called is the plan of perfection, because nowhere in any part of this plan are we told to be perfect on our own and to earn our own salvation. That is the opposite of what this plan is. The plan of redemption is a plan where God knew that we would make mistakes and that we would need to be redeemed. So often, I don't know what causes this culture of perfectionism because I've never heard it taught from the pulpit that we're supposed to be perfect, but somehow, somewhere along the lines, we have allowed this idea of perfectionism to sneak in and to creep in. And so we feel like we have to be perfect and that we can't make mistakes and that mistakes are these big black marks and plagues on our lives and on the eternal scoreboard. And my friends, that couldn't be farther from the truth. It's not the plan of perfection. It's the plan of redemption. And from the councils in heaven, our father in heaven understood perfectly that we would come here to earth, that we would make mistakes, and that through faith and humility, we would use the atonement of Jesus Christ to allow ourselves to be healed and changed and redeemed. Now, don't get me wrong. Just because our Father in Heaven knew that we would make mistakes, that does not give us excuses to sin, and it doesn't give us justification to purposely sin and to make mistakes. Wickedness never was happiness. God can't look upon sin with the least degree of allowance. However, he's also not shocked by our mistakes. He knew and he understood that those mistakes would be made. But he also knew and understood that if we turned to the Savior in those mistakes, if we humbled ourselves and had faith in him, that the atonement of Jesus Christ through redemption would not only have the power to cleanse us, but it would have the power to strengthen us and the power to change us as well. President Nelson once said, we can change our behavior. Our very desires can change. How? There is only one way. True change, permanent change, can come only through the healing, cleansing, and enabling power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. He loves you, each of you, He allows you to access his power as you keep his commandments eagerly, 
earnestly and exactly. It is that simple and certain. The gospel of Jesus Christ is a gospel of change. Now, my friends, here President Nelson teaches us that we have access to the power of the atonement through our obedience and through keeping the commandments. Now, that doesn't mean that we earn redemption. That doesn't mean that it's our own grit and our willpower that we claw our way to heaven. Rather, it means that as we keep the commandments, we better qualify for and gain access to the Savior's atonement because of the faith that builds in our lives through obedience. I also love here that it says that there is only one way to change, and that way isn't through our own grit or our own willpower. It's through the healing, cleansing, and enabling power of the atonement of Jesus Christ. It's through his plan of redemption, not his plan of perfection. So don't allow yourself to believe that you're beyond the reaches of the atonement because you've made mistakes. Mistakes are a part of that plan of redemption. But central to that plan of redemption is Jesus Christ and his atonement. And we can gain access to that plan of redemption as we turn to Jesus Christ and his atonement. Brother Wilcox once taught, Perhaps we feel we have stepped beyond the reaches of the atonement by knowingly repeating a previously forsaken sin. We understand that God and Jesus were willing to forgive the first time, but we wonder how many more times will they be willing to watch us bumble along before finally rolling their eyes and declaring enough already. We struggle so much to forgive ourselves that we wrongly assume God must be having the same trouble. My friends, he does not struggle to forgive when we use the redemption of Jesus Christ because his plan all along was redemption from Christ, forgiveness through Christ. So it makes sense that these righteous spirits in the spirit world would rejoice as they were waiting for Christ to come because they understood who he was and they understood that aspect of redemption and deliverance in all aspects. And as we better come to understand the atonement of Jesus Christ, as we better come to understand who Jesus is and what redemption really means for us, we will have that same spirit of joy and rejoicing that they talk about there. In Doctrine and Covenants section 128 verse 19, it says, let the mountains shout for joy and all ye valleys cry aloud and all ye seas and dry lands tell the wonders of your eternal king and ye rivers and brooks and rills flow down with gladness. Let the woods and all the trees of the field praise the Lord, and ye solid rocks weep for joy. And let the sun and moon and morning stars sing together, and let all the sons of God shout for joy. And let all eternal creations declare his name forever and ever. And again I say, how glorious is the voice we hear from heaven, proclaiming in our ears glory and salvation and honor and immortality and eternal life, kingdoms, principalities, and powers. My friends, the entire earth rejoices in Christ because they understand who he is. And as we better understand the atonement of Christ, we will rejoice, not just knowing who he is, but knowing him. Tadar Callister once said, if the atonement is the foundation of our faith, and it is, then no one should be content with a casual acquaintance of this doctrine. Instead, 
the atonement should be paramount in our intellectual and spiritual pursuits. My friends, it's no coincidence that those who were in spirit paradise in the spirit world, those who were righteous in the spirit world, as it says in verse 14, had departed the mortal life firm in the hope of a glorious resurrection through the grace of God and the Father and his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. I testify that it is our testimonies of Christ. It's our knowledge of Christ, not just book knowledge about him, but a relationship with him, truly coming to know who he is. That kind of knowledge of him is what carries us through this life in righteousness and in repentance, not perfection, because it was never called the plan of perfection. Rather, our knowledge of Jesus Christ draws us to him so that through our mistakes, we can be changed and blessed and redeemed by the Redeemer and Deliverer of us all. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.